Welcome back to another episode of Need Some Introduction. In today's episode, we will be covering the latest episode of Dexter New Blood. Very uh, interesting episode. Lots of stuff happened this week. As we've mentioned before, they are not pulling any punches. They're just uh, uh, skydiving through this uh, <laughs> this season, uh, one revelation oh. after another. <laughs> and I don't mean that in a bad way. It's a good thing. Before we get to all of that, just a reminder that, of course, subscribe so you know when these episodes become available. I, many people have been catching up on Succession. Uh, we had strong ratings for that at the very end. I do plan to have a follow-up conversation with Sarah about the finale, just kind of that, some of that family dynamic playing out that we talked about in that previous episode, one that I highly recommend. Um, it's actually our most popular episode of, of the season recap, which was that psychological breakdown of the family with Sarah. And like I mentioned, we'll have that one soon. I'm probably going to see her over the holidays. So maybe I'll have a recording in person. It would be amazing to actually have an in-person recording. Wow. <laughs> a groundbreaking event for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> over the weekend, I also had a roundup of a bunch of Marvel movie reviews, including the Spider-Man movie, which I did see. Did you... Uh, venture out to the movie theaters uh, or, or did Joel venture out to see the new Spider-Man movie by chance, Sona? Again, Victor, we have an unvaccinated child at home. You have lost your mind if you think we're going to be at a movie theater. <laughs> oh my goodness, I forgot. I forgot he's still unvaccinated. Of course, I forgot about the, yeah, Charlotte's vaccinated, so I totally forgot about that yeah. situation. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Interesting. Yes, that's going to put a damper on your movie going. I got to tell you, I went to intentionally went to see the movie so I could review it. At a 10 a.m. screening, a 10 a.m. screening. <laughs> oh, I screening. love that, though. When I'm the only person in the theater, I love that. Oh, I wish I could say that. The place was completely full at 10 o'clock in the morning. For real? nuts. Yeah. Well, the movie oh made like God. $600 million this weekend. It so did make a lot. Yeah. Pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Wow. But I was like, hey, I go in the morning. Post-COVID, I've gone to like early screeners. <laughs> There's no one within 40 feet of me. <laughs> so it's pretty uh, convenient. But uh, this theater was completely packed, which was kind of shocking at, at that hour of the morning. So I think but, of that as like family hour usually where there are a lot of kids oh i mean there was a lot of everybody <laughs> i literally had like i was shoulder to shoulder with like shoulder to shoulder with kids adults everything so, so um, luckily we're all facing forward so it's probably okay yeah <laughs> i haven't heard of any super spreader events within a movie theater but that was a pretty packed theater so it's not something i've seen since covid started so but we're all vaccinated and boosted so yeah i mean you're still gonna get it though but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well we're all gonna get it sooner or later but uh you know at least uh <laughs> at least i'm boosted against it <laughs> by the way uh Kim's office decided to have a Christmas party last week. So it was did all... mine, although she's in healthcare, so I don't know what the heck's going on with that. For the party, you had to be vaccinated to attend the party. Yeah, and, to uh, my office, you had to be vaccinated, but there were already like several COVID cases that came out of it. Well, that's exactly what happened to her. Dude, she just found out yep. today that, uh, you know, same thing. Everybody had to be vaccinated. Everyone had to test negative because Kim literally has like test kits here at the house. So she tested herself. Mm -hmm. Everybody tested themselves before they went. And it's bananas how contagious this thing is. It was pr pretty small. Like Kim said that some people didn't show up, maybe because of COVID, maybe because they were busy. Because it was during work hours. They didn't do it after hours. Mm -hmm. Lightly attended. She said maybe there was 20-something people there total. Now two of the doctors uh, are COVID positive and a mm -hmm. bunch of the staff is out as well. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. But Kim tested herself again and she's not. Cross your fingers. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, by the way, everybody I know that got it from my office, rapid test negative, PCR positive, just FYI. Cause it's like, it gives them a false sense of security. Exactly. I think, and then they go about their lives and give it to other people. <laughs> well, that's what's weird about the Omicron too. Once again, this is probably yeah. going to get cut out of the episode, <laughs> but with the Omicron, uh, there's actually a lot of false positives uh, or I mean, should, should say false negatives because yeah. uh, some of the mutations are not, they're looking at a certain gene for, as a marker for the test. And that's one of the mutations. So it's not really mm. working for a lot of these quick tests. So mm. pretty crazy. It is. So this episode is, <laughs> and this is very disappointing, by the way, I literally just looked this up for this very reason to have this, uh, the recording i'm like what was the name of this episode it's called skin, skin of her teeth skin of her teeth okay yeah like, we could be critical of the how pretentious like for example some of the titles in the succession recap were but this is super I, literal yeah. i am constantly like disappointed with the creative or lack of creativity with the titling of these episodes on the dexter show yeah you know i don't remember what the prior dexter titles were but you know i was so impressed with that previous title sequence right um just the opening, like this is a big letdown compared to what they had last time around. Absolutely. This like weird preview of what's about to come in the next hour. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, Doesn't exactly. I, the flash forwards, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the whole title sequence, yeah. I completely agree, is is really terrible. And I- Yeah, I'm mean, gonna sit here and watch it right now. I don't need to see this. It's not like, you know, a preview where you're like, ooh, a whole week will elapse. Like, yeah. fun. It's gonna be, I, I'm gonna have seen all this in 60 minutes. I don't need this. I don't right. know. The only- title sequence and it's so different it, it doesn't even make sense if it's an homage that i can imagine that is in this realm is um mission impossible right remember the old mission impossibles where they would basically show you scenes from the upcoming episode in that but that's like an I action i remember movie. the old mission impossible <laughs> but i don't remember that aspect of it yeah, and they actually they actually used that in the 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 first Mission Impossible movie that during the title sequence they actually show you scenes from the upcoming movie itself, mm. right? I think it's the only one they did it when was was in that first one. But nonetheless, it was just like that was an action movie. So you're kind of watching it. I remember watching it as a kid in being uh, you know, and it was in reruns, by the way. I'm not that old, but but uh, but watching it, thinking to myself, like, ooh, like what's gonna happen? How's that gonna happen? Like, oh my god, they caught that guy, you know? Right. And like you don't really want that in like a mystery show. It's like, why do you know, like you said, yeah. like I'm, I'm about to see this. Yeah. <laughs> why why are we showing you bits and pieces of it ahead of time? But with that out of the way, the episode is actually pretty good. Uh -huh. Um, so we open with uh speaking of flesh of on her tooth. That Dexter is in Dexter mode investigating the the body, Iris's mm -hmm. body that Angela found after the phone call he got at the end of last episode. Pulls out one of her teeth, finds some skin on it, and says, well, let's run a DNA test on here. Don't get your hopes up. We're probably not going to find some DNA on here. But he does find some DNA, or they do find some DNA on there. Then we have um, we see Dexter's weighing out to kill or not to kill uh, Kurt, playing this out with Deb. I do find this interesting, by the way, that the psychology of Deb here, that now she's like saying, like, Dexter, you have to kill Kurt, right? Knowing this is his inner voice, yeah, that this is like the struggle that he's having is the... The him part is saying, like, let the process play out. As annoying as Deb has been throughout the show, what I do like that they've done, maybe just in the last couple episodes, especially this one specifically, is her being the more bloodthirsty 
version yeah. of him because that's such yeah. a reversal from earlier. So it just like you said, it just yes. really drives the point home that this is just him like playing his, his own head. devil's advocate, right? Exactly. Yes, yeah. right. She's not even consistent. <laughs> exactly, exactly. As and you're like, as our inner monologues, you often are not. Yeah. So that's exactly correct. Take a lane, job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we'll just play Deb for it anyway, though. <laughs> Beyond that, you know, tells Angela about the, what he found at the cabin. She's a little annoyed that he didn't tell her this earlier. I'm a little, I think this is a little problematic that he and Molly both did not immediately tell Angela about the situation, what happened <laughs> with Kurt and in, in the basement. And she's like, you didn't think of telling me earlier? He's like, oh, well, you know, we were having a rough patch and blah, blah. And whatever excuses he comes up with. But well, he did promise her that he wouldn't say anything. True, true. Um, and, you know, the reality, right, is I guess he was deciding whether he was going to just take care of it himself and it wasn't going to matter. Right. Exactly. Well, absolutely. That's true. But I'm, so, I'm talking from her perspective. <laughs> it's like, well, what, what are you doing here, man? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't trust you as it is. And now you're keeping me secrets, more secrets. Yes. And of course, the whole thing's been cleaned up. He did leave like a broken toilet bowl behind, which is like a, a little stupid. They, they, he tore out everything in the basement, right? We see that all. I know. And I was thinking like, maybe it's going to be clear. There's a plumbing hook up there. So I figured, why bother? I thought that was strange as well. It's just like, you know, obviously if anybody who walks in there, like she did, and uh, you find like this broken toilet, like you, you, like you said, you, you basically know that if someone says this is what was down here before, it's like you can pretty much prove that it was the case. But yeah. uh, regardless, I mean, it was a quick cleanup. He probably did it immediately because he probably thought they would be there even sooner than they were, right? Because De yes. Dexter kind of sat on this for a little while. Right. Fair point there. Yeah. Then we see, uh, this is actually an interesting shot here. We see uh, Harrison is getting ready to, you know, start working at the truck stop. And we see him put on like Dexter's kill suit, basically. You know, it's like almost like another one of these like kind of superhero moments. But it turns out it's just him uh, putting on his, his outfit for him right. to hose down the trucks, right? Right. It's pretty funny that it looks like exactly like Dexter's yeah. <laughs> you know, gear. And then Dexter has a coffee with Kurt. And they kind of talk around the issue. You know, he's like, uh, Kurt's like, oh, what are you doing here? And Dexter's like, oh, you know, it was my son's first day at work. And, uh, you know, they kind of pussyfooting around that they know what's up with each other, although we don't know to, to what extent. And that's when the cops show up to arrest Kurt himself because mm -hmm. they have a DNA match. So it turns out that 20 year old, 20 whatever year old mm -hmm. skin sample has um, had DNA in it after all. And it was his. And I will say, because um, this is actually something that I deal with at work. Yeah, a lot of that stuff can actually be preserved, and that's kind of crazy. So I believe it because I mean, we now have what they have like the genes for uh, uh, like a mammoth, right? Woolly mammoth. So it's, it'll last even right. longer than that. <laughs> but still, Plus it's, there it's is Jurassic Park. So, you know, <laughs> well, that's turns out it's not well, that's not actually possible, but it would be nice <laughs> if that was possible. But, but I mean, even like tens of thousands of year old uh, DNA is pretty amazing how, how long it lasts if you know with the right under the right circumstances. Oh, I wanted to call something out. I've been wanting to mention it to you a couple of times, but uh, is the podcaster's name Molly? Am I getting that right? I hope I'm yes, it is. It's Molly, right? But you were right that this actress did originally come from the real world. I know. <laughs> but oh, but the reason I wanted to bring it up is because when you called it out, you said uh, that she was like on an early season of the real world. So after the fact, you know, when I was editing the episode, I was just checking it out. And I just wanted to let you know it was season 14 of the real world. But, but do there... you know how many there have Ex been? Exactly. That's what I was going to say. That's how old we are, because there's been like 30 seasons. Through. Exactly. Exactly. There's like 30 seasons of the show. 
Correct. Yeah, because I think that was like one of the last ones I watched. And I and it went on for quite a while after I stopped watching. <laughs> never ending, never ending. Have you seen, by the way, on Paramount Plus, they have the, the reunion? You haven't watched that, have you? No, I need to, because now I see they're doing an L.A. one as well. I think they're going to go through the first 14 seasons. Maybe they'll bring it up. Maybe not. They'll go all the way through them. Yeah, like they'll catch up. It's like the, the snake eating its own tail. And then uh, we have this creepy trucker goes and he, he's going to be in this episode quite a few times, actually. Uh, goes yeah. and like uh, asks Harrison for some help. And he gives him an envelope at the end. He goes, oh, here, you're uh, Harrison, right? I, this is for your dad. And he... Uh, hands him uh, an envelope mm -hmm. and at first i was just like man how did harrison not open that envelope but then it turns out when he opens the envelope which has a screw in it that it probably wouldn't have really given away dexter's secret yet because we don't even know what the screw means no uh, at first. i agree but i i think we're still led to believe that he didn't open the envelope which is completely unbelievable yes yes <laughs> i totally but agree yeah. i would probably open the envelope and <laughs> right. i'm not a sociopath but i would be like a total stranger came up to me and like asked you to get yeah, anybody would, unless it was sealed in such a way that it was going to be completely clear that I had opened. And I mean, it does seem to be that way. It seems to be a little hard to open. So it must have been, it might have been sealed in, in such a way. But okay. it turns out that even if somehow that he had opened it ahead of time, that uh, it wouldn't have really mattered because it turns out it wouldn't have really given anything away. I mean, even uh, Dexter's confused by it right when he receives it. Yes. We see Angela confronting Kurt. Actually, she's very astute, in, <laughs> a, a very astute detective because she figured this whole thing out going, you told me your son was in new york but that was a lie and you told me that because that was she remembered his perfect memory that i had a conversation with the night before saying that i was going to go investigate in those caves and you said wait a second those caves and then i went to those caves because and that's where i found iris's body and uh, so so and then we got the dna sample and it's yours right so that's a, a very impressive detective work for her, but it is a little uh, uh, amazing that she made all who came to these. I computers. mean, to be honest, I really vacillate on whether she's good at her job or bad at her job. And right. maybe like all of us, she has good days and bad days. I don't know. <laughs> but, I mean, there are definitely times that I'm like, seriously, Angela. And then other times she seems to be doing some decent detective work. I did like the way they tied in how they have the DNA sample here because that's always the thing with getting DNA from a victim is like, oh, yes. yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's great to have, but if you've got nothing to match it against, what does it matter? Right? Yeah, it was, I, I agree. It was interesting because he's like saying, wait a second, you, you can't take my DNA. Never uh, allowed you you know, to take a sample. And they just like, well, you gave it to when you were looking for your son. Right. So too late temporarily. Anyway, Kurt is locked up and then Dexter goes to confront him and basically says, I'm going to stay away from my son. And that's when, uh, Kurt starts saying, oh, is that really why you're here? I thought you were here because of what I gave you. And he's like, what does this have to do with anything? And he says, oh, those are surgical screws. And uh, he kind of talks about, remember that night we ran into each other? I knew there was, it felt like like destiny or something. And uh, so they have this creepy conversation. And then Dexter goes and uh, opens his phone immediately and starts to look at different surgical screws and you know, pretty quickly finds a match. Not sure it would work that way, but <laughs> that's okay. Creative license. Mm -hmm. I'm sure he could figure it out pretty quickly anyway. So the next thing, maybe the most interesting thing that happens in this whole entire episode is that we see Kurt ignore his lawyer's advice the next day and says that he wants to talk to the cops and explain what happened and how, or how his DNA got on Iris's mouth. So this is pretty interesting, right? We find out that he, uh, he tells one version of this story and, but we see, right. We're being presented 
Mm-hmm. The true story, as he tells yeah. us, a version of the story. So a lot of half-truths on this show. It's kind of a theme this year. Yeah, it was very interesting to me how this was put together. And yeah. I actually, it took me a second to grasp what was going on there, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> yes, it is confusing, definitely at first. And then I understood what they were trying to do. But just to make it crystal clear, because I think it was confusing in pre- presenting it. And maybe some people out there are actually confused by this. But he tells a story about how his father used to be abused abusive to these girls he would pick up these runaways or, or these prostitutes actually and then he would basically be physically would physically assault them and he knew that they would just basically keep their mouths shut because they didn't want to get arrested for prostitution so he was using these women he as a, as a little boy we see in the flashback is witnessing this and this is where his psychological trauma comes from mm-hmm. and then he says one day i saw my dad pick up this girl and i think it was iris and then what mm-hmm. we see is we see a, a very young man in the cab mm-hmm. and we're like, this can't possibly. And that's, that's, I think it's where you were confused as well. Right. I'm yes. like, is this supposed to be his father? Like, what are you talking yes, about? Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, that's exactly. like his age. And this then of course, doesn't line up at all. <laughs> exactly. Or this is terrible casting, terrible casting. <laughs> they have a 25 year old playing a 55 year old. How does this make any sense? But exactly that. Right. So uh, it turns out that what we're actually seeing is Kurt, but he's saying, this is what his father did. And then we see his origin story, right? Where he now is trying to help Iris. Uh, Iris runs away. She like, you know, bites him. Uh, that's how she gets the DNA in her tooth. She jumps off the, out of the cab of the truck. He runs out. He goes, I'm trying to help you. He pulls out his gun. He shoots her in the back. This is the crime he is repeating over and over again. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things I wanted to pat myself on the back for, for correctly psychologically profiling a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one was this one, right? I was saying like, there's something going on with Kurt. Maybe he is like, you know, thinking he's protecting these girls in some way, right? So maybe that is his origin story. Although I'm going to debunk this thing, even though I kind of theorized on it earlier, because I want to get your impression of this as well. Another thing I think is playing out here that we had discussed earlier was we were talking about how the later part of the season would be like this. And that this is playing out exactly, I think, as we originally uh, supposed uh, Harrison is now having these two competing father figures. But simultaneously, Kurt is also like threatening Harrison to be like, you took my son, I'm going to take your son right now, whether he takes his son physically kills him or to the dark side. Exactly. And actually, even the trigger is the same, right? We said uh, they're going to figure each other out, Kurt and Dexter, and then they're going to battle over Harrison. The thing I didn't suspect, of course, was the surgical screws is like the it was the piece of evidence that he left behind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it is playing out that way. And I, I don't mean that like uh, in a detrimental way. I think it's an interesting direction to take the show. I agree. All right. So the question I have for you and the thing I'm going to debunk is uh, my own theory, where I was like, you know, he's rescuing these girls and uh, mm-hmm. he thinks he's saving them from something so much worse. And this whole theory I had a few episodes back and now we see it exactly play out in this very moment. Right. He pulls out the gun even before he shoots her and he goes, don't you know what could happen to you out there? No one's out there looking out for you. No one's watching over you. And then she bites him and runs away and then he shoots her in the back. Right. In one scenario, you're like saying, okay, he is in this bizarre sort of way, somehow saving them from like a worse outcome. If that is actually true, I go back to some of the questions I've had earlier. Why like psychologically torment them with the, you know, the camera with the the words saying you're already dead. And uh, you know what I mean? Like you can't have it both ways. You can't be like, uh, I'm here to protect you even in your own twisted way, even if that means killing them to protect them and then terrorize them before you kill them, right? Like it, it, it doesn't seem to, his psychology, it doesn't seem to be consistent, let's say. 
I don't know if I was talking about it with you or with my husband. Maybe at some point in that room, he's allowing them some chance to save themselves somehow. And nobody has figured out how to do it yet. Maybe. 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 But that's the only thing I can think of. Plus, like shooting someone in the back. What is up with that? Well, that's what the weird thing about it, right? Is like even earlier on when he's like saying, okay, you're free, go ahead. And then he really wants to run away so he can shoot them right. in the back. And then now we're seeing right here, that's this is the origin, right? So this is the first time it happens. Yeah. So that's the thing that he's recreating over and over again. And then, I mean, I guess we, I, I'm not only guessing, I am pretty certain that we're going to get more of his psychology as we go through this this um, show. I can't imagine the psychology is going to be interesting in any way, because like you said, it's going to be very inconsistent that he's like, I'm protecting these girls by yeah. what, chasing them down and shooting them like deer. Like, yeah. I, I don't understand how that those two things work together. Um, like if he like, you know, poisoned them and put them to sleep and he and then, you know, did whatever he mummifies them like he's doing whatever he's doing to their bodies after the fact that uh, and then he was like telling himself, no, you don't understand. Like it could have been so much worse. I'm giving them like this spa weekend and then they have a perfect weekend and then that's it. And they don't have to suffer through these horrible things that will happen to them in the future. Right. That in a way is like psychologically consistent with him i mean i'm not saying that anyone should be doing this by the way i'm just saying that that would you uh -huh. know at least he could explain this to himself but for him to be like run away when <laughs> he shoot them in the back he's just like there they are now they're much better off like i don't understand <laughs> i don't understand how they get how that that story works in his own head so i mean i guess at least there is some continuing theme here of traumatic violent incidents in childhood and how that affects you as you grow up. And while I had always been of the school of thought of Harry handled this the wrong way with Dexter, had he just gotten him into some therapy, he could have been a normal kid. I guess Harry's way in comparison to these other two options where nothing at all was done. I'm, I'm lumping Harrison in here right. as well. Right. Um, where there's no intervention whatsoever. I guess Harry's way was better than that, at least. But I still haven't seen what I would like to see of like an actual normal caring of the psychological health of a child. <laughs> right. um, but at least I guess we're seeing Harry's way versus no way at all. And Harry's way was preferable. Absolutely. And and it's funny too, like to think about this show from a psychological lens at all. I, I don't think you can take this show seriously <laughs> in that regard. Yeah, I mean, okay. I get... I and I and I think that's to your point, like statistically, you look at people who come from broken homes, abusive backgrounds, and um, they have, you know, they're, they're horribly physically traumatized by things that occurred, you know, either by their supposed caregivers or uh, by a, the system itself. And what happens is that you see like those people who basically have not single thing goes right for them in their whole entire upbringing, they are way more likely to end up being criminals or sociopaths in the future. They are more likely to become abusers, but the vast majority of them do not become abusers, right? So I find it very reductive in this show that it's like a bad thing happened to you when you're four <laughs> and 100% of the time <laughs> you become a serial killer. I'm like, I think we would okay, have way well, more serial fairness, killers. It is a really, really, really bad thing. First of all, yes. in fairness. Oh, yes, true. Second, this is extreme. This is extreme. It's not a one-to-one -one correlation is my point, right? That the vast majority of people who come from abusive backgrounds do not become criminals, right? And I, uh, with, 
Yes. Yeah, that, and that's my that's the my general my broadest takeaway from that, as opposed to this show, which is basically has it as like a mathematical equation that like traumatize someone at this age, they become a serial killer, right? And like you said, there is no counterpoint to that, right? <laughs> right, right. So it's not only that there's not a counterpoint to that, but like you said, it's all very reductive. It's just this idea that you know this bad thing happened to you at a certain age. And now um, you're like basically just programmed yes. <laughs> to, to, to become this person, right? Yes. But I do agree that, you know, like whether it's uh, accurate or not, that, you know, that's the uh, thematics that are playing out here, right? You see the dad has, you know, had this trauma that he witnessed his father be, being this abuser. He now becomes this abuser. This is Kurt. Uh-huh. And then, of course, Dexter seeing his mom be killed at an early age. And then, of course, now Harrison inherits that as well. Uh-huh. And now he's probably, well, using this mathematics, he's definitely a serial killer as well. Or, you it's know, a done deal. It's, there's, no, there's no way out. Yeah. <laughs> and there's another thing that I really don't buy at all, by the way. I, be- I believe that this is what they're telling us in the show. I just don't believe it's true in the, ro- in the world that uh, he has this perfect crystal clear recollection. He's like, I've had these nightmares all my life. And then he listened to the podcast. I was wondering about a few episodes back, what happened where he's listening to that podcast and then all of a sudden he goes and attacks Ethan, right? And I'm like, what was the correlation there? Why, you know, he was just in the middle of listening to that podcast and then immediately afterwards is this thing happens with Ethan and he tells Dexter that he was listening to the podcast and he basically realized at that moment that these nightmares he's been having were real and now he remembers it. Chris, and I'm like, can you have those type of memories at, at that early in age? I don't know if that's true. We do get to see John Lithgow, though, right? Do a, uh, a very yeah, brief cameo here, right? Yeah. Shirtless, yeah. <laughs> exactly, naked, right? I forgot he killed him naked. Yeah. So he does come back for this scene. Huh? Maybe, hopefully he uh, they'll, they'll use him more, and he shot a little bit more than this. It'd be pretty funny if they brought him back just to do this one scene. <laughs> But, but do you buy that? You buy that you can have this crystal clear recollection of something that happened to you? I mean, how old could he have been? One year old? How can he, you know? Yeah, I think he was pretty young. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't think it's typical. I'll say that much. <laughs> he had to be super young, right? Think about it. That season, season four, opens with Dexter's wedding, right? The wedding happens at the end of season three. Correct? Is that right? Okay. So, you know, and then she's pregnant. I don't know if she's pregnant before the wedding or after. I don't know if that was the reason they got married or what, but, you know, it I don't remember. Yeah. But my point is like that season, if it's a year of TV or whatever it is, I mean, he must have been months old, right? Yeah. So, unless this was shot, you know, in the same timeline as Succession. But yeah, <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> well, if it was shot in succession, they would have been, uh, he would he would have been in utero the whole time. Right. <laughs> there would have been no babies at all. <laughs> no, I understand your point. Yes. Um, I do think he, he was sitting independently. So that gives us some kind of scale. <laughs> he, he could just have really good core strength. You don't know. <laughs> I don't think the Kurt knows this beforehand. So I find it very convenient that he basically lays it all out on the line and makes his whole story up, which somehow still gets him off the hook, which you, you got to tell me if that legally makes sense, that they would just have no uh, case to, to make against him at that point. Maybe there's a statute of limitation on disposing of a body or, or something. I mean, I guess he's saying he has nothing to do with it, but seems kind of sketchy. And then it's also very convenient that the DNA match is only 67%. So I guess it could be like, well, it could be familial. So it could be his dad. That all was a little... A little too convenient for me. What did you think? 
Um, I mean, the the familial DNA thing is, you know, certainly a real thing. I don't know enough about DNA technology, about how much of a match and the, degre the degradation of the DNA. I'm not sure how realistic that was or wasn't. I mean, I can buy it. I guess because they, he was telling this story about his dad being the one that did it, they felt like they didn't have cause to hold him. You know, I mean, really, right? What do they have then? I, right. The scar on his hand. I mean, a scar on your hand. I mean, you could cut your hand. Or even if you got bit, you could be, you know, you can't, it's very hard to prove it was bit by a specific yeah. person, right? <laughs> especially, yeah. especially if it's not like relatively fresh. You know, it's like yeah. years, decades so later. I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I mean, but the convenience for me is the whole way that the DNA, it just, I just don't think DNA works that way. You know what I mean? Like, I think you. Yeah, I don't I, know. The, the DNA match can be more solid or not, depending on the degradation of the DNA or whatever else. You're just going to believe him that, oh, it was my dad. Okay, no problem. <laughs> well, I guess his reputation in the, in the town and all that, right? I mean, you could do an investigation. Was the dad around at that time? Was he driving a truck? At, you know, which apparently he was. So, I mean, like, you yeah, could still investigate, right? still do that. But what right do you have to hold him while true, you're doing true. that? Yeah. But well, you're holding him, though. But it seems like they're dropping the case. And and that's the thing is when you hear Molly and Angela talking mm. at the end, mm -hmm. a couple of things there, right, is that it uh, Angela's telling her, speaking of, you know, how you said that sometimes she's a good cop, sometimes she's a bad cop. I think in this episode, she's an excellent cop at one point and then a not great cop here yeah. at mm -hmm. the end when they're like saying, well, what if he's right about his dad? You know, I should have been there with her. And, you know, uh, and, and so basically she's like, it really sounds like she's like, we're not pursuing this with Kurt anymore. But Molly's sitting there saying like, oh, man, you had to see that murder room he had set up in the basement. It's <laughs> not a coincidence that this guy who murdered somebody had a murder room. Like, what what's up with that? Agreed. Like, <laughs> agree. I think there's definitely worth exploring some more. And by the way, if you're not going to go after this guy, and maybe they will. Maybe I'm being a little overly cynical here. But if they are going to let him off the hook for this, there are a whole bunch of other missing girls that fit the bill with like Iris. If he has some kind of trauma from his dad, the dad's dead. So he couldn't be disappeared all these girls along the way. Right. He's an old man now or dead completely at this point. And um, so that he's not the one who's still abducting these, these girls. And we have a very sketchy room. I mean, it's not too hard to connect the dots here and be like, well, maybe he's abducting these girls, you know, like, I, I don't think this is hard deductions to make at this point, uh, unlike the deductions of, you know, where to investigate in the caves, which he had no problem figuring out. So I, this was <laughs> I agree. Further investigation is warranted. <laughs> yes. Anybody who has a murder room in their basement who they clean up as soon as it's discovered should definitely With be explored. Lee. Yes. That's exactly. What's his explanation? Oh, you know, I just wanted to remodel. I just didn't like it anymore. <laughs> so Dexter's skulking around in his office. By the way, no, not very good security there. Doesn't anybody have like you know just like a like a a ring a doorbell or yeah. cameras installed in there? No, nobody, nothing, no security anywhere. Does not find the matching screw, that ankle screw, but he does find a check from Elvic Kane, Elvic Kane for five thousand dollars. So. The show definitely draws attention to that. So that is going to be some dangling clue uh, in the future. Molly and Angela are talking, but they're not only talking about Kurt. They're also talking about strange Dexter. And Molly's like, man, you know, if you weren't dating that guy, I would do a deep dive and really get into his backstory. 
So mm-hmm. uh, he's definitely going to be investigated. And uh, Dexter Morgan's got a lot of uh, skeletons in his closet. Literally. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Some of them have uh, surgical screws in them. <laughs> yeah. And this whole sequence is very funny where uh, Harrison is confronted by those guys whose arm he broke. Oh, and I, I didn't mention that earlier, but he was kind of, he says, oh, uh, hey, uh, Audrey, are we like a thing now? And she's like, mm-hmm. hey, that, that guy tapped out and you uh, snapped broke his arm. His arm. <laughs> and uh, you were just telling me the night before about how, you know, you think about hurting people all the time. And uh, I think I now understand what you were saying all those times when I was refusing to hear what you were telling me. Right. Now You're I'm hearing it loud and clear. People. So, of course, this gives him a little blue balls. So he's a little frustrated there. And uh, that leads to him getting a little slashy with these uh, bullies that show up, although they're probably like warranted in uh, wanting a little blood. But uh, mm-hmm. he's he's armed, and they call him a psycho. Dexter just happens to be there, of course, to intervene. Right. This whole sequence is very clumsy, the way it's put together. But, you know, like he attacks those guys. Dexter just happens to be there, scares them off. And they're like, hey, your son's not psycho. Harrison basically says, you knew I was a psycho. And he t- says, you know, I'm, I'm remembering, you know, what happened to mom. And that's why you ran away, isn't it? You knew who I was. Mm-hmm. And you ran away from me. And Dexter's like, no, no, that's not what it's about. And then, of course... Uh, Conveniently, Harrison runs to the middle of the street. One of his friends shows up and he jumps in the car. And then Dexter's like, I got to go to my car and catch up to him because I got to finally have that conversation. Not the birds and bees conversation, but the knives and <laughs> knives and murder conversation. <laughs> and of course, uh, just as he's about to, uh, he gets abducted. So, yes, and abducted by the guy that gave Harrison the. Oh, yes. Yep. The true. That's right. Same so, guy. Yeah, some kind of. Kurt connection, obviously, but Absolutely. yeah, it was a good uh, cliffhanger ending. I felt so. Maybe Dexter will die next episode. Nah, not unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> I agree, it's unlikely. I mean, you never know. But <laughs> next on is your spoilers, Sona, because you never watch next. Thank on. you. I'm still not getting. <laughs> so we see that Molly and Angela are investigating Dexter. What's up uh-huh. with Dexter? Mm-hmm. And we also see that Kurt. And Harrison are hanging out and Harry Kurt's like telling him like these kind of ambiguous things about leading him down that dark road, let's say. Mm-hmm. And we also see Dexter waking up in like the truck cabin. Then later on, we see uh, the driver, the same guy is like stalking uh, Dexter through the woods, like trying to take shots at him, basically. And Dexter's like hiding behind a tree. And uh, the guy's nose is all bloody. And he's like, I could do this all day. No. If this last week's scenes or any indication i was like oh man they're going to arrest kurt can you believe that they're giving away the whole episode and like they arrested yeah. him in like the first two minutes <laughs> i have a feeling that dexter's going to make his escape and uh all the things that we just saw in the cup that i just described in the coming attractions will all happen within like the first five or eight minutes of the episode, <laughs> could <so>. be. <laughs> and, but that's uh, okay because the credits are going to give you a preview of everything else that's going to happen in the episode <laughs> that's that's how they put <laughs> these things together they yeah. like put <laughs> they spoil the first 10 minutes in the last week's episode and they spoil the rest of the episode in the in the, in the credit sequence oh it's so stupid <laughs> yeah not a big fan of that one so that's 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 the episode uh i did enjoy it i made fun of a lot of points in it but it's actually a pretty solid episode yeah i like it too you know as far as like speculating on what's gonna happen for the rest of the season i think it's exactly what we had discussed a few weeks back harrison's life is going to be on the line because kurt's going to be gunning for him and they're going to be fighting over his soul as well at the same time so it's like uh mm-hmm. and the way it's getting set up now right 
Harrison's going to have to possibly make a choice between saving Dexter and yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, who knows? This whole thing could be resolved by the end of the next hour, but <laughs> it could be that he needs to make a choice between who he's going to save between the two father figures. And there's still that oil guy. He's definitely going to f- play into this somehow. Yeah. I'm not sure. Definitely extraneous millionaire wandering around. Yeah, that kind of just kill off Kurt, by the way, because we still don't even know. They've been doling this out. Puts the girls, he puts them in a, in a hotel room-like room, lavishes them with you know food and drink. Then he terrorizes them. Then he releases them. Then he shoots them in the back, right? Just like he killed Iris. Then he embalms them. He needs. He wants them to look perfect in some way. And we don't even know what he's doing with the bodies yet. So that's a red. That's a, that's an undefined situation yes. yet. So that we're gonna, you know, and creepy well, I, scene yet to come. Yes, exactly. So you know that they're intentionally doling this information out. So it's like there's going to be a revelation about that. And then of course we still know. He's been teased like two or three times in the whole entire season, but he was there from the very beginning, this uh, oil guy. And how does he tie into the plot as well? So that's still to come. But I think the, you know, the main thrust of the show is going to be Dexter. How is he going to get himself out of this one with, uh, you know, uh, as Angela and Molly investigate him and simultaneously trying to rescue Harrison from either body or soul from Kurt? I agree. Did you have any recommendations or anything else you watched? Oh, my goodness. It's been a blur. I have to say I haven't. Gosh, have you been have... watching the <laughs> reboot of um, Sex and the City? Yes or no? No. That's I the... need to. And I'm not doing it because I feel like I don't know what I want it to be, but I feel like whatever it, I, it is that I want it to be, it's not going to be that. Right. But I think it's going to end in disappointment. So, so I'm putting it off for that reason. But I will. The only thing I watched because it's so long, uh, I have I still haven't finished it. Is uh, the uh, I've been watching the Get Back documentary, the Beatles documentary on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. How is it? It's really interesting, by the way. I uh, I'm I, I'm going to have a whole conversation with this, so I'm not going to do too much of it here, other than recommend it to you if you're curious about it. But um, I'm going to have a whole conversation with Ian about it when we're up in. Uh, Vermont for the holidays. I found it very interesting. It's really long. It's from Peter Jackson, the guy who did the Lord of the Rings movies. It's from a technological perspe- perspective. It's incredible what they've done or what he's done. He um, did a documentary a few years back called They Shall Not Grow Old. I don't know if you ever mm-hmm. heard about this, but what he did was he took World War One footage and he took interviews with these men, you know, when they were older. And he has this shot on eight millimeter film and he basically used artificial intelligence to take this eight millimeter film and blow it up to like high definition. And then he colorized it and he made it in 3D. You could actually see it in 3D in like IMAX if you want to see it in a movie theater. So you could actually, you know, all these people who literally are seeing their great grandfathers and stuff in these movies is pretty incredible. So he used the same artificial intelligence to take this old 16 millimeter footage of uh, the Beatles recording the Let It Be album and it's pretty amazing. They took this like 16 millimeter film and they blew it up to a high definition, but they can do very cool things because they've reconstructed the entire room that these people are in. So there's times when they're having conversations and the camera gets to like move around inside this new space they've created and you don't notice it. It's not like you're watching a, you know, a, an Avengers movie or something. It's very subtle what they're doing. It feels like you're just watching footage, but it's incredible. Mm-hmm. The technological advancements that they're making is, mm-hmm. is insane when you consider what they're actually doing, but it's all to the purpose of making it feel like you're in the room with them, right? So that's mm-hmm. uh, interesting. The other thing he did was they used AI as well. All the audio is coming through like just a 16 millimeter uh, camera with a microphone on it. 
And what they've done is they've broken apart audio tracks. So now you actually have a true stereo mix of the music because they're pulling out each one of those elements. And what's really fascinating is they intentionally, the Beatles are fighting with each other and they know the camera crew is there. So they're intentionally playing their instruments while they argue. So you can't hear what they're saying to each other. But now with this new AI, they've removed the musical instruments from it. So you can just hear them fighting with each other. So it's kind of funny <laughs> that, you know, like in a way it's like, they, I don't know if they signed up for that because, you know, they were intentionally, you know, obscuring their conversation, but now it's everybody can listen to it, right? From a technological standpoint, it's pretty incredible what they've done. But the film is interesting. The documentary is interesting as incredibly long as it is. My God, it's nine hours long. I'm only two thirds of the way through it. And uh, what's astounding about it is it just makes you appreciate the uh, just the creative process. Like they are literally just jamming the same chords over and over and over again. And then all of a sudden they start playing, get back and writing lyrics like off the top of their heads. Mm -hmm. So it's just this like painstaking process of making anything. And it really makes you appreciate that. So I think that's the... The, the best takeaway. So if you're a Beatles fan, I think it's, you know, uh, essential to listen to this because it's kind of fascinating to just kind of appreciate the complexity of making anything at all. And if you want to appreciate it from that point of view, if you're not a Beatles fan, then uh, I, you know, I don't know if you want to hear somebody play a song badly for <laughs> five hours and then get it right at the end. I don't know how much value there is in that, <laughs> but it is, uh, I find it fascinating, especially because you know what the end product's going to be to just see how painful it is to make anything <laughs> creatively. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, yeah, it's very interesting in that way. Cool. Yeah. And I saw the Spider-Man movie, which I recommend. I have a whole review of it. If anybody wants to listen to that and uh, it was good. I mean, if you're a Spider-Man fan, this is like the, best spider-man movie you could possibly imagine because it has everything in it. <laughs> i'll just say that i'm not gonna say anything else <laughs> okay high praise <laughs> all right i'll talk to you soon okay talk to you later thanks